How we doing, everyone? And welcome back to the Esports Forever podcast. My name is Ryan B. Hebert alongside Jacob Schrader. This week, we've got more NFT, crypto, and esports news for you. Let's just start this off right away with probably the best story of this week and the end of last week. It has to be the Nintendo Direct of 2022 to start off the year super strong. Or should I say, maybe sort of weak. So Nintendo has this huge direct plan for the 9th of Febru February last week. It pops off, and what do we get? Mario Kart 9? No. More DLC for Mario Kart 8. 64 new tracks. I believe I believe it's 64 new tracks. It's basically like they're re-releasing Mario Kart 8. Okay, well, maybe, maybe they'll have an update on the new Metroid game. Okay, I've been waiting for Metroid 4 for forever now. No. More Metroid DLC, a super hardcore mode. If you get hit once you die, or a super easy rookie mode, so that for those of you who just suck at the game, uh, can maybe try to do better. But thank goodness, thank goodness, they had some titles to save the day. We Sports Switch, Super Strikers is back. Kirby can swallow a car, and of course, No Man's Sky tries to make its uh, triumphant debut onto the Nintendo Switch somehow. The Switch can handle it. Jacob, what do you think? This is big. Yeah, so I think the biggest for this was the Wii Sports on Switch. Um, I saw the ad, actually. It brought back so many memories of the old Wii Sports. I mean, that Wii Sports put Nintendo on the map uh, for the Wii. And I, you know, I know they were basically huge before that. But I think it you know, gave them a, a really mainstream audience for just playing games to have fun. Um, you know, I think it's all great. I, you know, it's interesting that they didn't. Uh, release a new Mario Kart, but you know, it, it really sink 64 new DLC maps. I'm sure they're they're going to make money on that. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm sure there's a reason for that. They do. They, you know, Mario Kart. It's like the same thing, right? They don't necessarily need to release uh, Mario Kart 9, Mario Kart 10, right? Really, what they do is they add new maps. Um, I don't know. Maybe they add a, a character or two, but I think generally it's it's pretty much the same game. So I, you know, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, this I I know they are adding in a bunch of redone maps from the previous games, and uh, the biggest thing is that they're adding the Mario Kart DLC pack to the. Uh, there's like an online subscription that's like fifty dollars or like eighty to a hundred dollars, and you know there really hasn't been much on it. But you know what? I feel like just like the X Xbox Game Pass, they're gonna keep tacking on deals where soon enough. That $50 every year or per month or however they're doing it for all this DLC stuff or because they've got Animal Crossing and 64 games and I think one other thing, but they're going to be including Mario Kart now as well. And so they're starting to build up a little bit of a library here where it might be worth it for, for people in the future. So we'll have to see. Yeah, um, everybody's really doing that with the, the subscription models. That's it's, you know, EA really has done it too with uh, EA Play, right? Xbox yep. is probably the one that's actually done the best, which is surprising, I would say, really surprising. Well, um, they're yeah. next up on the list, man. Number two is the February Xbox Game Pass, which, you know, uh, the opinion of the article that we found, it was a GameSpot article, was that it was a little lackluster. <laughs> uh, some folks were saying that it wasn't hype enough, although, I mean, the release of Madden 22 is just a game to get on the Game Pass. I mean, I think that's huge. Brand yeah. new Madden game at the start of 2022, just to be able to play off of, off of the Game Pass. You don't have to drop sixty dollars to or more if you're getting a collector's edition. You get you get to just play it, you know, off off the web right away. I think that's pretty huge. Yeah. So you know, Madden 22, those come out in 2021. So that game actually came out almost a year ago. Gotcha. Okay. Um, you know, let me take a look at the list. List. I know I don't actually know too many of these names. Um, looks like a, a new Mass Effect game on the cloud, right? So I guess this console or this um, package, it kind of crosses over with Xbox Cloud, um, which is another great thing they're doing. Um, they, they were really ahead of the game when it came to subscription model and cloud gaming. You know, it's interesting because the consoles, you know, in, in today's age with such good computer hardware and, and then, you know, cloud gaming, right, with, with Stadia, which is, I think, now defunct, but GeForce Experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, consoles seem like they could just be rendered obsolete. Right, consoles are kind of the the odd one out now in the gaming industry. Um, there's not necessarily a reason to own a console when you can own a PC that you can actually you know use for other things that's just as powerful. Um, so I think it's it's really good that we're seeing 
uh, you know, these, these console companies have a game plan. Um, and, you know, I know that they do have a game plan, but, you know, Xbox has really executed on a subscription network, which is, you know, awesome because that can exist on, on the PC, that can exist anywhere. It's, it's the IP that matters. Uh, and then cloud gaming, right, which is, you know, I believe will be really big. I, I think Stadia didn't do so well just for, you know, it, it, it was too early and they didn't kick it off with enough of a bang and they, and they got such backlash from people for, you know, the titles that they had on there. Um, but, you know, I'm impressed with everything that Xbox has done. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement there, Jacob. I, I, I've gotten the Game Pass before in the past. I mean, just to be able to use it for like Sea of Thieves. I don't know if you've ever played that game, Jacob, but uh, you know it's uh, you're able to just hop on with a bunch of buddies, be a pirate, go fishing, yeah. get some treasure, blow up some skeletons. I mean, and then also raid other people's ships in this huge open map. It's it's a ton of fun, and it, it and just for that alone, I mean. You know, yeah. With, so, so what does it cost per month? Uh, I believe it's fifteen ninety nine. I want to say per month, and so okay. I mean, you really get great access. On top of the fact that you you have access to they, like a couple of years ago, they added EA games to it as well. And then on top of that, uh, with the addition of Activision Blizzard uh, onto the Microsoft uh, like label, I mm-hmm. think they're going to be adding those games or at least some yeah. of them to that to that Game Pass as well. I have to imagine. I mean, it's just so big. At this point, like how how could you not get the game pass for yourself now? I mean, yeah. if I'm a parent with a kid, right? No longer the days of me having to drop sixty dollars per game or less. Uh, if my kid wants a new game, no, mo- more than likely I can say, look, you get game pass every month here. Here's your allowance. Mm-hmm. Like, go wild, kid. And uh, yeah. I mean, if I was a kid with game pass, I'd be I'd be in a candy store because uh <laughs> i gotta tell you like uh, it's it's pretty big it's pretty big yeah so big. you know i think that you, you mentioned they had ea games on here i wonder if them buying activision will change that right i wonder if ea and it doesn't look like it right because ea is including that in here yeah um but you know them being able to add activision games is huge and you know a game like world of warcraft right would fit perfectly in here it's already kind That's of right. on a subscription model right why not port it over um you know, that's something they can do. And I think that's huge. Uh, you know, I, I see we have lawn mowing simulator on here, <laughs> which is, which is just funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so. like, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of memes with that game as well. So um, I'm glad to see this game pass kind of come out here, but uh, some people were, were arguing that this was a little bit more lackluster than some previous game passes, but they can't all be winners, folks. You can't have showstopper after showstopper because then then it wouldn't be a showstopper it'd just be a regular number so get with it folks okay they can't always be good now moving on from the games here uh we're we're kind of turning towards the nft part of the uh, podcast and our first article here has to do with team 17 jacob i don't know if you're familiar with this group but i i actually remember uh, this team a few weeks ago actually coming out saying, uh, oh, hey, we're going to start embracing NFTs. Um, this is the team behind some really great and famous games. I just want to pull this up here. Uh, so uh, this is the team with the, the Meta Worms project that had to do with, uh, uh, let me see here. Uh, I'm trying to find the name of their original game, but it's like like the the worms that like try to blow each other up. Um I feel ashamed for not knowing this off the top of my head right now, but basically the problem was is that the uh, the team team seventeen, <laughs> I guess the company doesn't go to any of the artists or anything like that, and just puts out a, a tweet and a post that says we are going to start an NFT project. The entire artistic team for Team Seventeen goes, huh? You did not come to us to ask for permission or do anything like that. And this, this, I think, is probably one of the most controversial things in the community right now. Uh, people's opinions on NFTs. Now, we're not just talking about, oh, do I like them or do I not like them? We're talking about more in-depth opinions that have factual basis behind them that people have to strongly consider whether or not they really want to get into them. Are they a scam? Are they a pyramid scheme? And or uh, are they just a way to make money? And... A lot of people view them as what I just listed, and on top of the fact, people list the environmental effects of crypto mining. You know, having to set up these rigs in the middle of nowhere 
that are just eating up power and electricity in order to continuously run these equations to create Bitcoin, Ethereum, and, and more stuff like that on the blockchain. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, artists are either for or against NFTs. And in this case, Team 17, uh, they come, they've come out and said, listen, uh, we don't we we do not stand by our company's decision uh, to try to support a MetaWorms NFT project because we're not trying to make profits off of uh, off of people off of a game that we made a long time ago. And so the Team 17 went to their like main studio and they were like, yo, we're, we're gone. Peace. Peace out. Uh, we're, we're done with you guys. And so, Jacob. What what do you have to say on this? I mean, not the Team Seventeen stuff necessarily, but you know NFT projects as as a whole. Just to scam, yeah. you know. So to be honest, I didn't know Team Seventeen very much at all. The only game that I see on their portfolio that I really know is Overcooked. Oh right? yeah, which is <laughs> yeah, that's a, a co-op cooking game. Um, so did the artists publicly, you know, take to Twitter and say we're no longer associated with this project? Yeah, they put out a public statement to the company as well. They publicly denounced the project and the company. They were like, we had no notice of this, no email. Uh, they just announced it without any permission or asking of the team. The The company wow. was just, just made the financial decision to say, uh, we're making an NFT project based off of one of our previous games. And I, I think this is a serious thing to consider for any company, is that you're going to have haters for NFT projects, and you're gonna have people who love them. And at the end of the day, I mean, it is completely up to the buyer. You know, I, I, I really I really do believe this. It is completely up to the buyer as to how they spend their money. And if you want to buy into a project that you believe has really good utility, such as some future stuff that may be going on with Zen Sports, who knows? Who knows? I can't say right now, but soon, who knows? Um I think that's I think that's huge. You know what would MetaWorms offer as a utility type NFT? I don't know because the game has already been released for so long. Uh, it's it's on the tip of my tongue. The name of this game where these yes, worms, worms are like battle. It's like a, a turn based game. Just worms. worms, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, it's just like I don't know what utility this NFT would bring. And so the it you know from an artist standpoint with this company i honestly stand by the artists and say what are you doing you know what are you what are you bringing to the table besides just trying to make money off of people because it's a it's a cool looking worm from a game that is so old but yet so classic yeah i think the the fact that they're doing it on an old game i mean from their perspective i think they're basically testing out the the whole nft ecosystem on proven ip yeah. Um, but on the other hand, it's clear that they're just looking for further monetization of this IP, right? Worms, I don't know. It, it's probably a free-to-play game at this point. Um, and, and, you know, I understand the community's backlash as well that just let us play our game. You know, if we like the game, I don't want to see people come in here with NFTs and buy power-ups that I don't have access to. Um, and it doesn't look like they had crazy tangible benefits to NFT holders, right? It looked like they had, you know, the ability to purchase additional items, right? That's like when you buy into an NFT project and the first thing you're allowed to do is buy swag and like, come on, like <laughs> you, you buy a $300 NFT and the first thing that you have to do is buy another thing, you know, it, 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 yeah. it doesn't sit well with me. Um, but they had stuff in there about voting rights and, you know, voting on proposals. And that's, you know, that's good. That's, that's kind of tangible benefits, but it's not, it's kind of like a common problem, prop, kind of a common promise um, that it takes a while to develop and doesn't always get seen through. Um, so I think basically the consumers saw through their plans. You know, they didn't have tangible uh, exclusive benefits for the NFT holders, right? Like they didn't have, you know, a, a set number of tournaments that would occur that only NFT holders could hold on to. Or, or could enter. Um, so I think overall, it's interesting because you know, I see so much positivity on my Twitter feed about NFTs, but there's a whole community that, that really feels the opposite way. And, it, and it's certainly yeah. understandable. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. My Twitter is the complete opposite. It is literally complete NFT hate all the way, <laughs> all day, every day. Um, and which is, which is just so funny to me uh, that you're like, I don't see that whatsoever, bro. And I'm like, that's all I see, and I, I hate to see it, but it's a reality. But that's just the reality of life, too. You, you're going to have haters. You're going to have lovers. It's You're always going to have that 50-50 back and forth. So, 
it is what it is. Buyer beware. Do your own research. And at the end of the day, if you want to spend your own money on something, uh, you can't. You can. It's it's well, if you're in the if you're in the U.S. at least, it's a free country. So, go for it. Go for it. Uh, this this next topic here is uh, it's pretty big. Um, and you know, from a, a federal standpoint, I I think it's a, it's a big deal. Um, officials at Her Majesty's Revenue and Cust Customs seized. Three NFTs is a part of a probe into a suspected tax fraud. British authorities seize NFTs for the first time. 1.4 million fraud probe. So uh, uh, I believe maybe some CryptoPunks or something like that. I don't know. They were kind of using Getty images in this article, which I was like, uh, we don't even know what they, what NFTs they, they had taken. But uh, this is big. I mean, this, this is a government agency coming in and saying, yeah, we think there's something going on here with tax fraud. So uh, we're seizing your NFTs, which it's like, okay, that's that's interesting to see. Not not the not something I would see every day here. Uh, government coming in and just taking something that you would think a government wouldn't have, you know, the ability to do yeah. or to take from you. But you know what? It is Britain. It's not the U.S. Yeah. I think what happened here is it was kind of a, a holistic tax evasion yeah. case, right? Where, you know, they were, they were evading taxes for some reason. And basically, you know, one of the ways they used to hide revenue or hide money that they had was in crypto assets, right? They yeah. had, let's just say they had three crypto punks and, and that withheld, uh, let's say $30 million in, in money that they should have paid taxes on, you know, basically the, the government in Britain said, you know, we, we know you're bullshitting us. We know your real identity, you know, unless you want to go to jail, um, you know, we need these crypto assets. You know, I don't know if necessarily Britain, the, the government can just take the, the crypto assets. They, they really can't, right? Unless they're going through essentially, you know, unless they go through OpenSea and, and they have power over OpenSea in a sense, because OpenSea isn't 100% decentralized. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that could be the case. I would be, I, I really, I, I don't know which, which way it went, right? Either it was, you know, we know who you are. We know you're sitting right in front of us. You need to give us the NFT that, that we know that you have, or it's that, okay, so we, we trace down your address. We trace down the address of, you know, that owns all these three NFTs. We went to OpenSea and said that these guys are, you know, evading tax by holding these assets. You need to give us the, the assets, um, it's interesting because I think it can go either way. Which way do you think it went? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, man, it's it's hard to say, dude. I I think that's <laughs> some good, some good, great insight there. Um, I don't know how a government agency comes in and just takes an NFT from you with, with <laughs> yeah, all the permissions, <laughs> like with all the permissions that uh, like you need to take in order to like keep your wallet safe and everything. I mean. Did you just give them your 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 secret key? Like I I, I don't know. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I'm not gonna question it. I I just know that you know in Britain uh, laws are different over there, and uh, they they're definitely more strict on on gambling and uh, tax fraud for sure. I mean, so is the IRS. Okay, folks, do not do not try to play the IRS because they will oh, come no. and they will find you. Yeah, the IRS doesn't play no games. Doesn't play no games. <laughs> yeah, we, if, if there's one piece of advice you get from this podcast today, uh, pay your taxes. <clears throat> yeah, one taxes. other piece of advice is don't mint NFTs from the same wallet that holds your most expensive NFTs, right? Because if you get you know caught in one of in any one of the many crypto scams that goes on. You know, if you're minting NFTs from a wallet that has nothing in it, you know, if they hack that wallet, there's nothing they can take. Exactly. But if, if you're hacking, if you're minting your NFTs from a wallet that has, you know, let's hope not, you know, a crypto punk in it. Yeah. Don't do that. Like, you know, I, I saw, and it's funny, I saw this story on Twitter and I, you know, to be honest, I don't know if it's even true. Right. But this guy is basically claiming he lost a doodle, you know, four Bay Area Yacht Clubs, a, a crypto punk. And yeah. he's saying the reason it happened is because he uh, got involved, you know, he got scammed on Discord. And every comment is saying, you know, this is your fault. If you're minting NFTs from the same wallet that you you have literally like $10 million in, you know, that's your own fault. So you know, oh, it's yeah. not something I, I that actually occurred to me. Um, like, like right off the bat, it's something to, to think about. But, you know, for everybody who is, you know, in NFTs just getting into it or, you know, 
may not have seen it as clearly as the, the Reddit commenters made it to me. Uh, just something to keep in mind. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Just be smart, guys. That's that's all we say. Just just be wise. Just be wise. Don't be dumb. But uh, speaking of being smart and wise, Steve Aoki, uh, Decrypt.co, uh, had this article about how he's you know he's had a decade in music. You know he, he's made some good stuff. I don't know if you've ever listened to Steve Aoki's music, but uh, he's come out and said, "Listen, I've made more money in NFTs than I have in a decade of making music." Music and artistry does not pay the bills. And as an artist myself, I am first first to say that is completely true. Um, it is it is so hard to make a living off of the art that you want to create, thrive on that sort of thing. And so you have to find side gigs. You have to find ways to supplement yourself. And for Steve Aoki and, and many, um, NFTs have really not been, uh, you know, a investment, but rather just a way to... I mean, flip and also, I guess you could make it an investment too, but you know, it, it's been a way to make money for some people. I've seen so many articles of, you know, I, I didn't have any money, right? And then I started investing in NFTs and all of a sudden I've got hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's like, yeah, if you find the right projects, do your own research and spend so much time every single day shilling and trying to find the right things for you to be able to try to make money. Yeah, you're going to be able to do that. You're going to lose it too, though. And I don't think that's a perspective that is shared enough. Nobody wants to hear, if you invest in this NFT project, it's going to flip and it's going to fall. It's going to go hard and no one's going to be looking for it. It's going to get. It's not going to get swept. No one wants to hear that, Jacob. No one wants to hear that an NFT isn't going to make money because all people want to do with NFTs is make money. It's becoming more mainstream uh, because companies are you know, sponsoring celebrities and influencers all the time to just be like hey can you shill this nft for us because we want people to buy it so that we can make money <laughs> i mean is that all nfts are for jacob money is that it no <laughs> no but i i think that's kind of what it's become with the whole mainstream craze right i mean barry bay area got fund it was great for you know, publicity about NFTs, but, and, and Bay Area Clubs has some utility, right? I understand there are cool parties you go to, yeah. but, you know, just, just the, you know, the crazy buying NFTs because, you know, they're, they're NFTs and, you know, really all they are at this point are, is art. Uh, it's not so great for NFTs as a whole. Um, you know, I, I think actually I'm, I'm reading a little bit further on Steve Aoki and it looks like he's launching something called Aokiverse, yeah, Aoki, Aokiverse, um, which is is exactly what you know NFT projects you know really should be, and it's kind of uh, you know you, you buy this NFT, but you know it gives you tangible access to his concerts, whether they be you know in the metaverse or in, in the real world. And I think you know if you're going to buy an NFT, it needs to have like tangible utility, and it needs to be backed by someone who's not going to you know revoke that. Uh, revoke that access as soon as the project sells out, right? It needs to be backed by a company that has something that you value, right? It needs to be backed by an artist that you like. I, you know, the whole point of utility, the NFTs is, you know, immutable to utility. It's, I own this, this gives me, you know, access to things that I like. And, and that's really the, the end of it. It doesn't need to be a, a cool drawing. Uh, it needs to be something that has tangible utility that you want forever, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see what Steve Aoki is able to do. And, uh, I mean, I fully believe in the utility and community aspect of NFTs. I think that, for me, like, that's the biggest thing. If there is more to it than just money, great. If it's a project with little little to do other than you're buying into this to hopefully have it flip, I mean, good luck. Good yeah, luck. Because sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't work. But, uh Speaking of uh, celebrities and stuff like that, the Super Bowl happened this past weekend. Good job to the Rams. Although I was yeah. really hoping the, the young stud Joe Burrow was able to pull it out. He was not, though. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was there. It was amazing. But, uh, you know, as with all Super Bowls, what do, what do we really really watch them for? The ads, folks. <laughs> we watch them for the ads. And uh, while I didn't get too many chances to see those ads because I was fast asleep, fixing my sleep schedule because I've been a gamer uh, the past few weeks here, uh, trying to do my best to rank up in Pokemon Unite, um, crypto ads were all the rage at the Super Bowl. But more so, uh, celebrities were all the rage in, in, in said ads. And so crypto ads 
were not talking about the future, but more so uh, trying to get people staked in the present. Uh, at least that's what this Verge article was saying about these crypto Super Bowl commercials and how, you know, it was about uh, FOMO in the moment and not for the future. So it wasn't telling people to invest in the future. It was just trying to like, hey, you're missing out right now. Uh, there's all this cool stuff going on in crypto, you know, that sort of stuff. And uh, I mean, the Super Bowl is one of the biggest, if not the biggest uh, platforms for commercials uh, during the year. Especially in like February, you know, February, like who would have thought that the biggest time for commercials during a full year would be like the Super Bowl in February? Like, couldn't be me, man. But you know what? I guess everyone, everyone's inside because it's cold in the north, in the north and uh, all that good stuff. So, yeah, you know, people are in bars and they're seeing all these weird and funky and funny commercials and stuff like that. And I mean, it's it's inevitable that crypto and you know the sponsors for crypto would eventually make it to Super Bowl commercials. And what are your thoughts, Jacob? I mean, this this is it's a long time coming, and we've sort of seen things over time. But I mean, I think this year for sure was like a big step towards this is becoming way more mainstream, especially for an event this large and you know mainstream itself. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I saw one crypto ad. Well, well, okay, that's not entirely true. But I missed the uh, the crypto.com one, right, with LeBron James. I saw the replay on Twitter. Yeah. But, you know, what was the, the coolest one to me, which, you know, was crazy successful, was the Coinbase one. <laughs> and all Coinbase did was they just showed a QR code. They did the meme where it was, you know, kind of like the, the TV logo when the TV is in sleep mode and it's bouncing around and trying to hit the the four corners. I actually, at the start, I didn't realize it was a crypto ad. I was just hoping like when it hit the corner, it would turn into like a crazy ad after that. Uh, but that wasn't the case. Like literally all it was is you scan the QR code, you went to Coinbase, you got entered into a chance to win a million dollars. They picked three winners in March. Oh, um, yeah. So I actually got on the app before it crashed. Um, but I wow. guess, you know, they, they had 20 million people on the app concurrently during the ad and it caused the app to crash. Um, you know, I think another reference I saw was StockX, which isn't directly a crypto site, but I, I think that they're they're involved. They had like, it was crazy. They had like a half a second on a commercial with a QR code and it was just a, a QR code and it, had, like, it was a Barbie with a StockX commercial. It was actually a crazy commercial. It was like a Barbie commercial where, where they used Barbie, the Barbie name, but it was it was partnered with some other company. And then all of a sudden SpaceX, oh, so it was, it was Barbie, it was Rocket Mortgage. And then all of a sudden there was a SpaceX, uh, a Barbie wearing a SpaceX t-shirt and a QR code. Just a crazy ad all around. Um, you know, I think that's that's kind of besides the point. You know, I, the narrative in this blog post is that these uh, crypto ads were were shilling FOMO and not promise of the future. You know, I don't know that that's kind of someone's own opinion. Uh, I think it, it's good to just you know it's marketing. However, you're going to get people involved is is the way to go. Um, I didn't have a problem with any of the ads I, I saw live or the ones that I saw after the fact. Um, you know the. Crypto.com didn't change their narrative. They didn't go away from their, you know, core statement that fortune favors the brave. You know, they, yeah. they had LeBron James, you know, talking to his younger self. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really have too much against the way crypto ads were portrayed in the Super Bowl. You know, I was expecting a ton of them, right? I, I knew it was going to happen, but, uh, you know, no complaints from me. Well, good Super Bowl overall. And uh, again, good job to uh, the Rams. You yeah, know? so I, uh, I've been a Matthew Savard fan. For almost a decade now, so it was pretty awesome seeing him drive down the field those last four minutes and uh, win the game. I bet I'm. Uh, I'm still. I'm still a little depressed about my dad, Tom Brady, retiring. <laughs> but we won't talk about it. <laughs> we won't talk about yeah. it. Next up here, Wordle. So we talked about this last week. Uh, the New York Times picking up the hit game Wordle, where folks try to guess different answers and uh, you know find find the word in in this game. And, um, well, the great divergence, as it's been said, has started to kind of behold onto those who, uh, who have been playing. So, uh, there is like a well-known, like third party site for Wordle that people have used to find a word. And then I guess the, uh, New York times has a way to like try to find it as well. And apparently, uh, starting today or even yesterday, uh, folks who were using these two sites found that it gave you two different answers depending on what site you used, uh, coming to a conclusion that, you know, it looks like the New York Times is starting to 
kind of like stake some claim over the game since you know like they own it now so <laughs> i think this is pretty big for all fans of wordle and it's causing a lot of outrage amongst the community like this game took the world by storm in late 2021 has blown up in 2022 and then with the pickup at the new york times which i mean it was inevitable you it's such a such a great game for the new york times to pick up that it, it's you'd be dumb to not let them buy it off you which is what they did and so it's it's a little sad to see something like this happen when a community game like this is is kind of put there put out there into the world blows up and then a big you know big studio in in this in, in well in these terms you know a big name paper picks it up and now it's becoming something that's a little bit more what's the right word for profit maybe? yeah yeah i guess for profit right it's more <laughs> for profit now uh, but you know wordle's not charging anyone money it's just that uh it's it's just it's changing it's changing from what it was before and i guess people don't always like change i know i'm sometimes rough on change so uh, i'm with those original wordle for wordle fans jacob you know i feel for them i really do even though i don't yeah. play the game so, so does the game still exist on, on world.com? It, it uh, looks like this the powerslanguage.uk site. That doesn't look like the official Wordle site. Right? No, it's not. It's not. And I, I think it's gone to the New York Times now. I, I don't know if it's – I don't know if Wordle has its own site like it used to. But uh, it, it still may. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But I know – I mean, since New York Times bought it, it's got to be on the New York Times site now. But – yeah, it's 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 weird. It's weird to weird to see that even like a third party site. It's weird to see the different answers pop up, which is really interesting on how they do that. Uh, that's yeah. that's what I was yeah. most curious about. I was like, wow, that's really cool, but also kind of weird that like people are coming up with different answers. So, yeah, so I don't know enough about how the game actually works. Yeah, right? it sounds like the New York Times has gone ahead and banned a few words. Right, I think one of the solutions for the the puzzle that was in you know people were complaining about was that one of the words i'm not going to say it and i don't even know if necessarily if it's a, a bad word but it was banned from the the new york times right list of words that could be included in the puzzle um so i, I think that's kind of it and i think that ban is not an effect on the third party site that runs these games and maybe the the third party site you know when you know given that that word is still able to be used that ends up being a higher overall score but when you take that word out of basically the the words that can be accepted um the highest score is now played by using aroma um, yeah which is the the word that was that ended up being replaced and used on the new york times site well moving on here number eight so the, once again a wonderful nft project generative dungeon uh, last night, and you know, this isn't like a huge news story, but it's, it is a crypto and NFT warning for all of you out there. When you are a part of a project in a discord server or a community of any kind, you always need to be aware of the fact that most of these projects, if not all of them, a hundred percent of the time will never DM you ever for a stealth a stealth project or anything special off of what what is going on uh, except for like you know uh, the announcements page on a discord server because some mod some head mod was able to give access to hackers and the entire discord server which it was huge jacob there were twenty thousand people in the server right twenty thousand people all of this community stuff set up for this server it was a wonderful prosperous place burned to the ground in one evening because a bunch of hackers come in hack every channel posting vulgar messages uh banning all of the mods except the server owner who had you know ultimate server you know access except you know he's offline and so server goes to goes to poopy uh over <laughs> overnight and so they've regained you know uh service right now but it's just it was horrible. I was live streaming late last night and all of a sudden I'm seeing these messages pop up so vulgar. And I was like, what is going on? Like, this is crazy. And I'm like, oh, server's been hacked. And so they literally delete every community channel. Only the main ones are left. Like, it's just so crazy how such a great project with such a great server 
was so easily hacked and it's because one of the mods was stupid enough to click on a link go through a process from some hacker and give them access to the server it's that easy folks so all yeah. i gotta say is be careful do your own research do not fall victim to scams because they are legit i mean hackers they got away with like 24 ETH because they posted a fake project, a rug pull. And they got people to buy last night. 20,000 people on a server that are, you know, buying dungeons. Like, you're going to get some ETH from that uh, off of those people because the stupid, the stupid. Mm -hmm. they, and, you know, the, the pr problem was is that not only did they ban the mods, but they got access to the Discord accounts of said mods. And so people thought it was legit because the mod accounts... We're the one posting. Yeah. And so it was just it was just really ugly to see. And I don't know if you've ever seen this before, Jacob, but it's just it's just sad. It's just sad to see a community like that just kinda like have its main place of, of meeting just wrecked. Yeah. I, I think generally when Discords get hacked, that's how they do it. You know, they, they get someone that you know, they get they get a mod that somehow you know, gives out their info and people trust it because it's coming right from what they believe is the source. Uh, uh, yeah. It's crazy to me that a mod, you know, kind of let this happen without being in on the scam. Uh, you know, I don't want to suggest anything. I'm, I'm, it's likely that he was not in on it, but I mean, come on, if you're a mod on a Discord server and you've been doing this for a while, I mean, you know that every single direct message you get is like 90% a scam. Right, unless yep. it's me reaching out to you telling you, hey, you qualified for the Bulldog Bash, right? I would say, you know, every other random message you get has a, a pretty high likelihood of being a scam. Um, you know, I actually didn't realize how bad it was um, until basically I realized that every single one of these promotional messages is just a scam. It's not the companies or that I you know I thought sometimes the NFT projects were just shilling direct messages. And I think that that may be the case a little bit. But, you know, it, it's so much of the stuff that you get in your, your Discord inbox because you're in some random NFT project and you forgot to leave the server. It's, it's, it's a lot of scams. So it's just something to watch out for. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Moving on, Jacob, you got a couple last stories here for today. Uh, I think these are pretty good, but uh, I'm going to let you take these away here and then I'll, I'll add my thoughts in. All right. Awesome. So cyberpunk, right? Cyberpunk 2020, 2077. Uh, they released a next gen update for PS5 and Xbox Series X. Right, if you guys remember, Cyberpunk came out, oof, I want to say about a year ago, uh, and was almost one of the biggest duds in video game history, right? You know, they was so hyped up. It was like, oh, this is the next Fallout. Oh, this is the next GTA. No, it was just a game that had, you know, horrible graphics and no, you know, no UI, no, you know, kind of, you know, from the, the non-player characters, it just wasn't a good showing, right? I remember I saw a scene where, the, a car was just driving on the highway and then all of a sudden a, a cop car just pulled up behind them like it just yeah. spawned in like on their back um and you know to be honest i have heard basically nothing from this game uh you know if if anthem from ea wasn't such a fail i would say this is you know one of the biggest fails in recent history um i would actually say anthem definitely takes the cake because anthem just you know died like instantly yeah. mm -hmm. um but you know, they're doing a overhaul, you know, the game needs it because I'm sure there are elements in the game that are, that's fun, right? I think people, and I was thinking this, people thought that the game was too much of an open world game, right? It wasn't made to be GTA. And yes, you know, CD Projekt Red marketed it towards that audience. They, you know, they, they basically alluded to the fact that this was the next GTA with a cooler universe, but it wasn't, right? It's, it's a game that follows a storyline. It's a single player game that, that follows a storyline. I mean, almost like Borderlands, right? And then after the fact, you can play it after and, and there's somewhat of an open world component to it. But, uh, you know, obviously they didn't do a good enough job with basically balancing how much they were going to put into the storyline. But then afterwards, right, is the game replayable after the fact, right? That's what makes Borderlands so special. That's what makes GTA replayable and Cyberpunk just didn't do this. Um, so, you know, maybe in the... At, at the you know basically the core of the game does scale well enough to support you know onboarding new players in, in hopes that you know with the new graphics that the, the ps5 and series x can achieve the game can pick back up in scale but uh you know i don't i don't really have any problem with it um i think 
it's going to make some money. I noticed everyone, they're not crazy greedy. They offered refunds, I believe, for people who bought on the, the consoles where it was unplayable. I mean, they just caught, got caught in a bad situation. Um, you know, the, the, was, they, they tried to do a lot of the game and the PS4 just couldn't handle it. Um, you know, did they know that? Yeah, but, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's okay to me. Yeah, Cyberpunk 2007, as I'd like to call it, uh, truly was a flop, uh, <laughs> even though I was hyping it up at the time. My roommate was my roommate was like, bro, it's going to be a flop, dude. Just, just watch yeah. it. Like, that's impossible, man. Like, it's been hyped up so much. Like, that's – it's – it's it's yeah, it was just crazy. And uh, you know, I remember seeing, like, seeing the streams and seeing, like, the pre previous-gen consoles just absolutely just – flailing in the wind trying to run this game and you know a next it's this is like uh horizon uh horizon uh horizon zero dawn maybe is that the one where it was like the open world like spaceship uh i don't know if it was horizon zero dawn but um no man no it's no man's sky which <laughs> funny right. enough uh it's like no man's sky's release no man's sky was like 2019 2020 huge hype for this game and then you, the game comes out and it's like you're mining like plants and some minerals <laughs> and that's it there that that was it and maybe maybe the slight off chance that you ran into space pirates and there wasn't even anything that happened with that and so people were like what the hell game publishers you're you're promising such a hype game for us to play and all of a sudden uh it's unplayable or it's boring no man's sky was truly it is truly one of the biggest games ever created with a with a huge ever expanding universe and there's nothing to do in the game now they added dlc and stuff and so it's a lot different now but i mean you you can't release a game like that and have it be unfinished but that's studios are under pressure they need to deliver investors buyers are looking to spend money and i mean cyberpunk was just one of those games where they were like this is going to be next gen it's going to be big remember they had keanu reeves as like a as like a title like face video game character for this game as well you know like they were really trying to push it out and when it did come out it it flopped and so you know it's great to see a next gen update but i mean you lost a lot of hope and a lot of people and the only thing that people really loved was the customization feature and the fact that the characters could actively have sex in the game <laughs> like it was just so weird like it's 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 just like okay cool like such a such a advanced game to like be able to like look at the size of your genitals when you're creating a character it's like it's like yeah that's that's really what needed to be focused on maybe not the gameplay for like previous gen consoles okay well at least yeah. at least the dick on my on my guy can uh can be the size that i want it to be you know decent enough like that's that's what the game publishers decided okay that's what it needs to be like that's what we should focus on and i just i just love that 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 that's there but previous gen support for consoles was just horrible so yeah you mentioned one point that i liked a lot and that was like the, the pressure right the pressure that some of these studios are under and that's all because you know it's, it's a for-profit business right the, there's pressure to to book revenue and there's pressure to book revenue now, right? And you know, a lot of times that basically conflicts with the fact that the, the product isn't ready yet, right? The the game isn't ready, the art hasn't been completed. So I think you know you do see a lot of stuff like that. I've read so many articles where it's like EA or I mean Epic Games employees worked like 30 hour days. I know that's not even possible, but yeah. right when Fortnite was in its crazy stretch, and I you know obviously Fortnite handled it and they succeeded. But, you know, sometimes the pressure outdoes the work capability. Um, so it's, it's definitely something we've seen recently. Yeah. Credits and kudos to the teams behind GTA 6 and LEGO Star Wars to complete Skywalker Saga because they're taking their time. I mean, the Skywalker Saga was delayed twice or even three times. And now it's finally coming out in April. And uh, GTA 6 finally got its first hint of like, oh, we're working on this uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, from I believe Rockstar Games, right? Uh, they were like, "Yo, uh, we're working on this actively right now, but it's gonna be a while still." So happy to see that. Uh, GTA Five is still a really solid game. I mean, it's a game that has spanned multiple consoles. I, I was talking about this with some buddies. I mean, that game goes back all the way to Xbox 360 and PS3. Like, that's insane, and it's still around today on even the next gen consoles. So it just goes to show, like, even with an old game you can add on new things and really try to make it better. And 
Too bad for Cyberpunk because their game just didn't work on those pre-gen consoles, PS4, Xbox 360, even the original Xbox One. You know, just uh, those consoles just couldn't handle it. So, anyways, and our, our last article here, uh, this this one was surprising to me. I, I couldn't believe it when you said it, but Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, gaming rights up for sale. Do I really want to play an open world uh, in, in The Hobbit universe, uh, you know, Tolkien universe? Uh, trying to trying to defeat smog. Um, I don't know, you know. I, I don't know if I really want to find the Eye of Sauron, or uh, you know, fight Gandalf the Grey or the White. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? This is a big franchise up up for grabs here. But is it the right wow. franchise for gaming? I, I don't know because this is. I mean, this franchise. If you've seen the movies and if you've read the books, uh, this is not Harry Potter. Okay. This is not Star Wars. This is not Star Trek. This is, I mean, it's like Lord of the Rings. It's gory. And, I mean, when's the last time you've seen a seen a good Lord of the Rings video game? Or, not Lord of the yeah. Rings. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, what's, what am I? Gory video game? No, no, no. Not Lord of the Rings. I'm trying to think of the, the TV show with the, the dragon princess and uh, the Ice King. Yeah, I don't know. Why am I blanking on this? This is such a big, big, oh my God, this is embarrassing, everyone. Oh, jeez. Well, anyways, big TV show uh, that was like super huge for, it's going to hit me after uh, this. It's going to hit so, me after this. So, you know, what, what happened with Lord of the Rings, right, is two years ago, Amazon announced that they were building a, oh, he's, he's saying Game of Thrones. I think that's it. Thank you, Game of yeah. Thrones. Jesus. <laughs> Why can I not remember that? When's the last time we've seen a Game of Thrones video game? I, yeah, I don't know about you, Jacob, but that's not a video game that I've been like, oh, I got to have that. So I, I look at Lord of the Rings kind of in the same light. Just yeah. saying. I actually agree. I, I, you know, but, you know, there's so much in the, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings ecosystem, right? You've got, you know, orcs you've got elves you've got you know cavalry and, and just regular human beings you've got magic there is a ton there right and you know i i was thinking just in general i i completely agree it doesn't necessarily come off to me as something that gamers would want to play i do think though if, if someone's able to do it right it could be really powerful um, there's so much there to pull from Right, Gandalf is awesome. You know, you have main characters that are, are great and people love. You have uh, Smeagol, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, you have the the Ring, right? There's so much IP that can be gamified, yeah. right? You know, whether it be the person wielding the ring gets superpowers, right? Which is just you know how it is. Um, there's multiple classes, right? You know, elf, orc, you know, human, uh, wizard. I, I think it. If someone does it well, and you know, Amazon with their MMO, right, which got canceled actually, I assume they had big plans. I mean, Amazon had a whole lineup of you know games they were working on with Amazon Game Studios. They released an open source game engine called Amazon Lumberyard, and it all really fell flat. Um, they released a game actually. I remember I watched it live on the announcement, uh, and it was it was bad. It wasn't a good game. It was you know it was. You, you could say it was a triple A game, but it didn't have, you know, the, the backbone to scale well. Um, and then they canceled uh, their, their Lord of the Rings MMO. So I think Amazon kind of realized that if you're not a game publisher and you're not crazy experienced making games, it's hard to get into it, even though you may be the biggest and the most efficient company in the world. Um, but I, I do think it's valuable IP for someone to go after. Um, maybe Microsoft and just, it's just going to go after that as well. I mean, that wouldn't really surprise me given their whole uh, acquisition of Activision. But. Yeah. Hey, all I got to say is go play Skyrim, okay? Go play Skyrim if you want to play Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones because uh, it's all it's all there. It's our, it's already been done, and it's it's amazing. Well, folks, thank you so much for your time this week, Jacob. Thank you so much for being on here with me. It has been a wonderful time. Uh, if you enjoyed this video, be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a comment. And let us know what you want to see next time as well. Uh, be sure to tune in for our podcast Thursday. We have an exciting event with uh, an Axie Guild coming up because we've got an Axie Battle of the Guilds tournament coming up. Uh, I believe, uh, what's the date for that, uh, Jacob? 
Yeah, so we've got a lot of tournaments coming up, right? This weekend, we've got the Chess World Grandmaster Series. Again. Right? And all tournaments are on Saturdays at 2 p.m. EST. Yeah. Uh, the next weekend, which will be the 26th, we have the Splinterlands Bulldog Bash. Right. We, we had Bulldog on our podcast last Thursday. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. That was Great. epic. And then after that, we have the Axie Infinity Battle of the Guild. That's going to be on March 5th. Mm-hmm. That was later at night. Actually, it's not at 2 p.m. It is at 8 p.m., right? Because we're balancing a lot of different time zones. Uh, we've had some really awesome guilds apply to be a part of that event. Um, so, you know, we're going to announce that next week, I think on Thursday. Uh, everything's, you know, I'm really looking forward to our, our first Axie tournament. And one thing that we forgot to mention, but is the most important part of, uh, you know, the, the Esports Forever podcast and, and what's been going on about Sense Sports recently is our amazing sponsor, EMP Money. Uh, EMP Money uh, is, is now an official sponsor of all Zen Sports tournaments and the podcast network. Um, and what EMP Money does is they provide you access to the EMP token. And the EMP token essentially tracks the price of Ethereum uh, and it's pegged with the price of Ethereum at a 4,000 to 1 ratio. Right? What this means is that you know, the price of an EMP is 1 4,000th of the price of a you know, one, one Ethereum, and basically it's, it's a staking protocol, so similar to two money um, or bomb money. Um, and basically what you do is you can provide liquidity for liquidity pool, which you know is part EMP, part Ethereum. Uh, and then you know, you'll learn, earn LP tokens, which just you know, signify how much liquidity you provide to the pool. Uh, and you can basically you know, stake your, uh, your LP tokens to earn eShare and earn extra EMP. Uh, there's a ton of mechanisms in place to basically help the community balance the, the price of the coin relative to the peg. Uh, it's, it's really an awesome ecosystem. You know, to get started, just head to emp.money. Um, and you know, if, if you're interested in DeFi, interested in staking protocols, it's a, it's a great place to learn and to make money. Um, so thank you to them for sponsoring the episode. Yeah, big shout out to them. They are featured right in the middle of our layout here. Got their logo and a smaller banner ad for them as well. So Luckily, Jacob, while we did not mention them at the beginning, they've been featured alongside our beautiful faces the entire time. Well, folks, thank you so much for watching the video today. Until next time, we're out.